You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to renewlifechurch.com. It is a cold, cold world out there. Did you like that? No, it's okay. I timed it. Good morning, Renew Life Church. How are y'all doing? Did you bring your coat? Come on now. We get to use it like twice. Um, I'm very happy to be here. Uh, Steve-O played me up way too much. I'm just really pumped to be able to share some things with you this morning. And um, it's a blessing to get, to, to get the opportunity to stand up here and share some things, some truths that I really feel like God's taught me from his word. And then I've been able to practically apply. And that's kind of my... My job, my, my, my hope this morning is just to share things that for me have worked, you know, and um, I really think that today what I want to share is uh, it correlates well with what Cody shared last week. Um, if you were here, he talked about communion. If you weren't here, you should go check that message out on YouTube. It was really good. It was very informative. It, it taught a lot. It gave us good context for what communion looks like and what it is and why we practice it and why we do it. So um, I'm kind of in that vein today. I want to do something that's practical um, because, you know, our, our faith journey is a spiritual walk. Um, and yet there are things that we do practically day to day that keep us close, that help us stay close with God, right? That's our goal is to be connected to the Father. And so uh, today I wanna talk about two keys um, that I think, I mean, they can stand alone, but I think that they pair really well together and that's prayer and fasting, okay? (laughs) Exciting. Um, Prayer and fasting. um, And so I'm just gonna dive straight in. If you brought uh, like something to write on, I encourage you to take notes or or pull out your phone and and write it in the notes, but the, the message is entitled Keys of the Kingdom. And uh, let's, let's start off by, let's pray and fast real fast. No, I'm kidding. Come on. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this time. Uh, help me to get out of the way. And I thank you for every heart that's united in this room to receive. And I pray, God, that that's who we are. We're receivers today. And I ask, God, that you would give what you give best, your truth, your love, um, you impart because you are a good father. And so we just ask for that and we want to see that. Holy Spirit, have your way in this room. Just prepare our hearts to, to get something and to take it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I'll just, I'm going to do prayer and fasting. I'm going to start with a couple of definitions, if that helps, you know, just kind of like break down each one. I want to clarify what, what I believe and what uh, what we're trying to really get after today um, as we talk about the benefits and the practice and the, and the applications afterwards. So prayer um, is just communication with God, okay? Pretty simple, not too hard, not too complicated. You probably knew that. Great, you guys have a good Sunday. No, um, talking and listening. Talking and listening with God is prayer. Uh, it's a back and forth. It's private and public intimacy with God. Um, it's not super complicated, but I think we get it lo- wrong a lot, honestly. I think we kind of like fumble it a little bit. Um, and some of that is just, we don't know. Um, there was a guy that came here a few weeks back. His name was Gordon Moore. Do you guys remember the New Zealand guy? And a uh, thick accent, bald. Uh, he was sharing about some things and he said something that really caught my attention. He said that the disciples when they were with Jesus, they never asked him how to 
like, how do you be a better preacher? They didn't ask him how to be a better miracle worker or a better healer or a better prophet, but they did ask him, will you teach us how to pray? And I thought that was really insightful. I thought when he said that, I was like, ooh, I like that. And, and we, that's how we get the Lord's Prayer, right? That's Matthew chapter six, that's Luke 11. That's Jesus developing this entire idea for us and this, this practice for us. He's showing us how to do it. And, uh, and that's why I say, I don't think it's super complicated, but sometimes we just don't know. And uh, when I was young, when I was like 12, I heard this acronym for, for, for prayer, and it was, it was the word pray. And it really helped me. It stuck with me all the way until now, which I'm significantly older than 12. So um, if you want to write this down, you're more than welcome to. You can steal it and teach it to whoever you want, or maybe it'll help you. But pray, like the P stands for praise, which is great because a lot of times we just show up, you know, and we're like, mm, B6, I need this, God. You know, whatever, and we're just trying to like get, 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 me, 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 or whatever, and it, it helps to actually like acknowledge God for who he is, to tell him he's worthy, to like, you know, glorify him. He's God, after all. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of a big deal. You're talking to God. It's great to praise him. And so that, I, I remember thinking, oh, okay, I'll do that first, you know? And then the R, the R stands for repent, which is a good thing, you know, <laughs> because a lot of times, I'm, I'll just talk about me, a lot of times when I show up to talk to God, which I should do it more often than I do, but when I show up to talk to God, I, I have issues, you know, like I've messed up or I have things that are off inside of me. And the Bible actually says that God is holy. And so any unholiness creates separation, just period. It doesn't mean he doesn't want to be with me. He's not like this. He's like, can I have that? You know what I'm saying? We, we look at God like that sometimes. Sometimes we think like, eh, he's just not gonna, he's not gonna wanna hear from me. And it's like, he does. Just repent. Just say you're sorry and like ask for forgiveness. You know what I'm saying? It's that simple. It's that simple with my wife. I just don't do it. Okay, that was cold. All right, sorry, my bad. I'm just saying like, it's, you can, you can, you can make inroads if you are willing to be humble and vulnerable, you know? And so repentance is a big deal. I think it's huge, and I think it's a great step in prayer. Uh, the A, P-R-A, stands for ask, which is, okay, now we get to ask, you know, which is good. I think it's good that it's like third. You know, if you're, if you're gonna talk to God, like, uh, you know, like don't just always bring the junk. You know, like I need this, I need this, I need this. It's like, well, let's talk first. Let's have a back and forth. Let's, let's get him on the throne, you know. Let's, let's recognize who he is. Let's, let's get our hearts right, then we can ask. Um, I, I like that. That helps me. You know, it kind of contextualizes prayer for me. The last one, why, is yield. And that's a really good one because that's the back and forth part. Shut up. You know, like, listen. Because that's what's happening. We need to listen. There's, a, there's this uh, moment in the scriptures, Isaiah, he's like uh, getting a vision. I think it's chapter six. He says, I see the Lord lofty, seated on the throne, the train of his robe is filling the temple. The smoke is abounding and he's, and he's like, and I realized I was jacked up. I realized I was a man of unclean lips from an unclean people. I do not deserve to be here. In fact, I should not be here. And he starts freaking out and an angel thingy grabs a coal from the altar of God and floats over and touches his lips and purifies him. And all of a sudden it says, and then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, like already talking, you know what I'm saying? 
he hadn't heard him to that point because of what stood between him and God and his issues. But God was already going, who will I send? And he's like, oh, me. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, we need that yield time in our prayer life. We need to be able to, like, pause and listen. Um, let's, I mean, prayer is just, it's not about being formal, okay? P-R-A-Y, like, it doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't need to be rehearsed. It's not a performance, okay? That's what Jesus said in Matthew 6. He's like, don't pray on the corner in front of everybody. Don't pray repetitively to hoping to just accomplish something with the amount of words that you use. Get in the secret place. Talk to God. He wants to hear from you. It's really just about opening up. Do you know what I'm saying? Just picture this, if you will, all right? My, my lovely wife is over here, Sarah. If you know Sarah, she's pretty bubbly. She's pretty fun. She's talkative. Uh, she, uh, she's on 100 most of the time, all right? <laughs> she's expressive. Um, but, like, be a flyer on the wall at my house, all right? And pretend this is what's going on. Just, just like, see this picture. Uh, I get home from work, and I walk in. Sarah greets me in the kitchen, and I give her one of these. You know, just a, hey, what's up, you know, and that's it. And uh, maybe, I mean, in, you know, just, just pretend for a second. And she, she, she tries to get more out of me, but I just move on to the next activity, you know, and she lets it go for a little bit. And that's kind of how it is. Uh, I, 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 uh, I do, I do give her a little bit to, I, I speak to her a little bit like right before the, right before our meal, just for a minute, a couple sentences, um, and then later that night when we're about to go to bed, I throw a couple of concerns her way, just kind of give her a little bit of an update. And then I, I just, you know, peace out, go to sleep. I mean, I, I don't listen to what she's saying, you know, I don't need to hear from her. Um, but, um, and I'm not rude about it. Okay. Like I'm not being rude. I'm just not, it's, I'm in my own thing. You know, I'm in my own head, in my own world, in my own way. But once a week, all right, once a week, you know, I really try hard to connect with her. I give her about an hour, 45-ish. Uh, if it goes long, though, I'm out, okay? Like, I'll stand up. Um, and, uh, you know, but I'm a good person. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a good person, like, like to other people's wives and stuff. I'm, uh, I'm not trying to leave her, you know? Like, I don't trying to get out of it or anything. I'm just, I just don't need her to tell me what to do, you know? <laughs> yep, there goes the air. <laughs> if that's my reality, if that's, if that's what my home looks like, how long do you think my marriage has? <laughs> um, how healthy do you think it is? Is that even communication? I don't want to. I don't want to look at anybody, but maybe that's how we've been treating God. You know. Maybe that's the extent of our communication with Him, or lack thereof. Sorry, I'm. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm serious. Like, this is the hardest part of this whole little thing right here. Is just like getting down and dirty. You know. Like, what are, we, what are we gonna do? How do we talk to God? Are we going to talk to God? 
Because we got to open up, y'all. We have to. I mean, what are we doing? It's got to be... It's got to be part of our lives. It's got to be something that we practice. He's available. We got to start. We got to continue. We got to listen. We got to have communion with God. Prayer is that. Prayer is just talking to him and listening to him. Okay. That was fun, right? There's your definition for prayer. You're welcome. Let's talk about fasting. This should be better. Um, sorry, gosh, what is happening right now? Oh man, just shake it off, okay? Pretend I'm not here, all right? Fasting is to abstain from something for the sake of spiritual growth, all right? It just means that you give up some, uh, more of something in order to hone a thing that's lesser or to sharpen something. Um, it's, I mean, it's like sobriety, you know? Sobriety is a form of fasting, you, just, you, you fast from alcohol and you diminish and eliminate its place in your life. And that's, you're fasted from that. You have to live a fasted lifestyle if you're sober, you know? Um, in the Bible, fasting is really mostly concerned and, and, and kind of centered on food and drink. Um, it's presented a couple other ways, but mostly it's that. And I, uh, I mean, that's how we get our word breakfast, you know? We break the fast, get it? Oh, light bulb. Um, I, uh, if we eliminate our natural sustenance, then we, what we do is we, we offer and we give, our, we give our spirit a chance to enhance and hone its consumption. Do you see what I'm saying? And I really think that there's something there. I really think that it's an interesting connection between our need and desire for food and then our spiritual need and desire for nourishment, you know? Um... Our natural bodies are, are a picture of our spirit in a, in a way, like in this very specific way, right? Because our, our bodies need fuel and it burn fuel and it helps us to function and express. You know what I'm saying? But our spirit is the same way. We need Holy Spirit fuel in order to function and express. And what happens oftentimes is that we what we do is we are already satisfied by our flesh, and so therefore we are often content to starve our spirit. It's crazy, y'all, but it's true. It happens a lot. I'm talking about me, okay? I'm looking around the room because that's what you do when you stand up here, but I'm, I'm talking about me. Uh, it's just... <laughs> think about how deep-seated eating disorders are food addiction, substance abuse. Why? Because we're trying to satisfy a spiritual hunger. Do you see what I'm saying? Like we're trying to feed something and we think that this will help and it, just, it doesn't. And um, I mean, it's just a direct correlation. It, it shows, oftentimes it shows our lack of spiritual health or our lack of spiritual maturity, you know? And uh, I just want to be honest about that. I want to be honest about myself. Like, it is easier, a lot of times, it's just easier to eat something and feel fine than to press on and ask God. It's just easier to be like, nom, 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 you know? And, oh, I feel great now. I don't need to ask him. I don't need to go get more clarity. I don't need to press in and, and listen. I don't need to press past this hard issue. Just, nom, 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 nom. you know? It's easier to do that. 
for me. I'm just telling you, I don't like, to, I, I, I don't want to do that, but I often do that. You can tell, okay? Um, that's why I wear a big coat. Um, I don't know, man. I'm just like, it's, it's really hard. In this way of life, I'm, if, if I'm not fasted, then I'm doling my, I'm doling myself through my desires. And, uh, it's, it's tough. I think it's tough for a lot of us because I think a lot of people, a lot of us have, have a heart that's conflicted about it. I think that's why fasting is hard. Mostly. I mean, it is, it's hard in itself because you have to not, you know, like if you decide to not eat to fast, it's, that's tough. Your body's like, you know, whatever. But then it's also our hearts have to work out that issue. You know, like there's a thing called intermittent fasting and people do it to get healthy and to get trim. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? I'm talking about what God has set aside and what he wants to offer. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to actually get closer to him. That's the goal of fasting, is to get closer to him. And so um, I actually have a scripture for you that I wanna share. It's in Isaiah 58. Um, the first four verses of this chapter are about what man has decided is okay fasting and God's like, that's not what I want. That's not what I was asking for. If you wanna check it out, you can, but I'll just read to you verses um, uh, six and seven. It says, is this not the fast that I choose? This is God talking. To release the bonds of wickedness, to undo the ropes of the yoke and to let the oppressed go free and break every yoke. Is this not... Uh, is it not to break your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh or from your own kin or from the people that God has given you to help? And this is what God is saying. This is the fast that I choose. This is the fast that I'm going for is that we would break things that are not, that are hurting you, that are taking from you. The sin, the, the, the addictions, the, the extra, the things of this world, whatever that you are carrying, I want to I wanna shave those things off so that we can actually have, you can have more of me, right? It's not about either like, it's not about getting to the next level so that you can have the next power, like a video game, you know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not really about that. It's not, we're not trying to like, just get all supernatural. You go, because we fasted. It's really... It's just about getting us closer. That's it. It's intimacy that will transform us into the image of his son, which is the goal. Um, so there you go. There's my two definitions. I know I'm kind of choppy this morning, but I'm just, it's heavy on my heart right now. I'm thinking like prayer, prayer is communication. Fasting is connection. And God's offering these as tools for us. He set them up for us to employ so that we could walk with him. And a lot of times we leave those tools in the shed. We don't even approach them. We don't use them to our benefit. They've been given for us. I, uh, I want to tell, tell you a story um, that happened, happened to me. It, happened, it was an experience that I had. But before I tell you that story, I actually want to, I want to read one of Jesus' stories which is probably better, right? Um, but I think you're, you're gonna see a correlation. I think it's, uh, it's unique. But 
we're going to go to Mark chapter 9. So if you brought your Bibles, which Cody told you to last week, hey, it wasn't me, it was him. But he said, bring your Bibles in Mark chapter 9. And I'm gonna, we're going to read a story from there, but I'll set you up. Um, basically, what, what had just happened before what we're about to read is Jesus had taken three of his closest disciples, which was Peter, James, and John, and they went up on a mountain. And on this mountain, there was an event called the Transfiguration. I don't pretend to know exactly what that means other than Jesus was glorified in this moment. And God, God showed off the glorification of his son as the son of God and as the Messiah. And it was a pretty big deal. And it was kind of nuts. And not everybody got to see it. And it was kind of this rare deal. And that's what Jesus is, and the three guys that went with him, they're walking down the mountain to this situation that we're about to read. Okay? So we're in Mark chapter 9, verse 14. Here we go. And when they came back to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and some scribes arguing with them. Immediately, when the entire crowd saw him, they were amazed and they began running up to greet him. This is Jesus. And, and, and Jesus asked them, what are you arguing about? What are you talking about with these guys? One of the people from the crowd answered him. They said, teacher, I brought you my son, because he has a spirit that makes him unable to speak. And whenever it seizes him, it slams him to the ground and he foams at the mouth and he grinds his teeth and he becomes stiff. And I told your disciples so that they would cast it out, but they could not do it. So Jesus turns around and just lays into everybody that's there, including his disciples. You unbelieving generation, how long am I gonna put up with this? Bring that kid to me. So they brought the boy to Jesus, and when the boy saw Jesus, the spirit immediately threw the kid into convulsions. And falling to the ground, he began rolling around and foaming at the mouth, and he asked his father, this is Jesus, Jesus sees what's going on, turns to the dad, and he goes, what's up, how long has this been going on? Which is kind of an odd, you know, response, if you ask me. Like, if I'm just reading it for face value, this whole thing's happening, seems kind of important, it's got an uproar, and Jesus is like, what? You know? Hey, let me talk to you for a second. Anyways, the father responds, well, it's been happening since childhood. He's often been thrown into the fire, into the water in order to kill him. But if you can do anything, uh, could you help us? Take pity on us, please? Dude, don't ask Jesus if. Jesus responds, if you can, if, if I can, nothing's impossible. For him who believes. Immediately the boy's father cries out, prays the best prayer in history. I do believe. Will you help my unbelief? And Jesus saw a crowd was rapidly gathering, so he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and do not enter him again. After crying out and throwing a big fit, it came out and the boy became so much like a corpse that most of them thought, well, he's dead. And Jesus took him by the hand and raised him up and he stood up and he was alive. And when he came into the house later on, his disciples began to ask him privately, like, what, what in the world? Why couldn't we do that? Like, what did you, what's the, what's the deal? And Jesus responded back to them and said, this kind cannot come out except by prayer. All right, hold that in Mark 9 and go to the left, to the left, to Matthew 17. Same exact story, just a little bit more details. 
All right, Matthew 17, verse 14 is where it picks up. It's the same details. Uh, like they come down off the mountain, they run into the crowd. What's going on? This kid's messed up. Well, why didn't you do anything? We can't. Oh, he addresses everybody, you unbelieving generation. And then he goes into verse 19 and they say, well, why couldn't we, why couldn't we cast it out? The disciples are asking, why couldn't we do it? And he says in verse 20, because of the littleness of your faith, for truly I say to you, if you had the faith the size of a mustard seed, you would say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And that's interesting, all right? Just like, just looking at it from, you know, 30,000 foot, that's an interesting story. It's got some crazy details. I'm like, okay, that's, that's a little heavy. I'm not sure what to do with that. Um, it's a head scratcher for sure. You know, like what's going on here? Um, but I want, I want to come back to it. Okay. You guys have gotten two versions of the same story and I want to tell you my story. Is that okay? For, I'm going to do it anyways. Um, for 10 years, just kidding. Come on. We're good. Okay. So for 10 years, I was a missionary in Indonesia and, uh, it was pretty wild. It was a great adventure. Um, somewhere in the 2017, 2018 timeframe, right in there, um, I was living in Jakarta, and I was uh, doing college ministry, just having a blast. It was really fun. I discipled a lot of students and got to share the gospel. I preached all the time in different churches and stuff like that. And uh, I, just, I just loved what I did. Well, you know, I was like the only white guy around and stuck out like a sore thumb. And guess what? When you're the only white guy and other white guys show up, they always, we always connect, you know, it's like magnets or whatever. Well, this one guy showed up from Australia into my town and he's like, Hey, I'm about to do a revival in a couple weeks down the road. Do you want to help me? And I was like, sure. You know, like, sounds good. He's like, dude, I would really, really love your help. I spoke Indonesia and he didn't. So I was like willing to kind of help translate some things and just kind of be a little bit more communicative than he would be able to. And so he's like, please help. And I was like, sure. So he, uh, he sets it all up. He's like, I'll send you the dates. So he texts me the dates and, and the place. It's like a town a couple of hours away from where I live. And uh, it's at this tiny little Baptist church. I mean, tiny. It's one room. It's a little bitty. And... Uh, He's like, come, and he's like, and before, and like at the end of his text message, he says, oh, and by the way, you should pray and fast before you come. And I was like, sweet, yeah, bet, I got you, no problem, you know? And, uh, and then that's about as far as I got with that whole thing, you know? Like I got to the week before the event and I re recalled that I should like prepare. I was like, I need to pray and fast. And then first day went by and I didn't do it. I was like, oh, I ate those chicken nuggets, oh, you know, whatever. So I was like, oh, I'll do, I'll do it tomorrow, you know? You know, didn't even try, you know? Then the next day, it's like, I'm thinking about it. Like I'm consciously thinking about, I'm sitting there with the bowl of soup and I'm like, I should just not eat this. And I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Cause I'm just hungry and I want to eat. And I like my flesh a lot more than, you know, sometimes my spirit, it's just crazy. I just was like, I just want, I'm just gonna do it. I'll do it tomorrow. Well, the whole week went by and I just didn't do it. I never followed through. And it got to the point where I felt like, and I knew that it was disobedience. Because God didn't ask me to do it, this guy did, you know? And so then I was like, yeah, yeah, and I agree with it. And then I told God I would do it. And then I didn't, you know? 
There's a parable about that, by the way. You know, two brothers, the dad comes to him. First one, he's like, hey, can you help me with a harvest? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll be there in a minute. And he never shows up. And then the second brother, he's like, hey, can you help me with a harvest? He's like, I can't make it, dude, I'm sorry. But then he does show up. And Jesus goes, which one's better? And they're like, uh, Dev, the, the second one. He's like, yep. I was the first one, okay? I was the first guy. I was like, I'm gonna do this. Nope, didn't even phone in, you know? And I spent that whole week Dude, just getting messed up, you know, like just not, not, not connecting with God, not even trying, just almost running from it, you know, Jonah style. It was just stupid. It was dumb. I shouldn't have done that. But I, I've got to the last day and I was like, you know what? I shouldn't even go, you know, I should just text this guy like, sorry, peace out, you know, whatever. But I just felt bad. I was like, I, I got to do this anyway. So I just went, well, of course I show up totally unprepared, you know. Well, this guy, I mean, he's just, he's like a, he's, he's, he was a grandfather. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't anything, he wasn't like a, this special prophet or anything. He was a financial guy from Australia. He just wanted to serve Jesus. Well, he gets up there in front of a room of like 50 people and it's not pretty, it's not eloquent, but he starts shucking corn and the presence of God just falls on this room. And it's like, it's, it's like, something's different. Everything's going, you know, like, uh, I don't know if I should even be here. I'm not right, you know? And people are, people, people that weren't even Christians gave their life to Jesus. I'm talking straight Muslims. Just are like, yep, yeah, that's my king. People were getting healed on the front of the thing. People bringing people up with wheelchairs and they're walking away. It's unbelievable, okay? It's, it's actually like biblical. And I'm freaking out sitting there, you know, four or five rows back, you know, like what is going on? And he's like, here's what we're going to do now. We're just going to break up into groups. You guys are going to hit the streets. You're going to pray for whoever you run into, pray that they'll be healed. Bring them back here if they need Jesus. Let's go. And I got put in a group with four tiny Indonesians and I'm walking around like a huge neon billboard, you know, white guy, white guy, white guy. And there's people are walking up like, what's going on here? And we're like, can we pray for you? And they're like, yeah, sure. I'd love that. I watched a woman's ear get opened up. She had not, she had not heard, of that ear, heard out of that ear and then she started dancing in the street because her ear opened up. I watched a guy who, they, his family said he had been sitting in a chair for months from a stroke and he stood up and walked around and began talking to his family. It was crazy. It was crazy. And everything about it, I'm like, this is not me, y'all. I can't even pray and fast. How is this happening? It's the power of God. He's just, he's just all over this moment, all over this little street we're on, all over this room we're gathered in. And 50 people turn into 200. Running back in there, want to hear more, want to experience more. And this guy stands up there and just starts going after it again. And he's like, who wants to get baptized? And all these people are like, yeah. And they start lining them up. And I'm sitting on a row with a father, a son who's probably 14, a mother and their, their daughter and another kid, all right? And he starts making small talk, small talk with me, the father, right, while things are happening. And he's like, hey, do you think you could pray for my son? And I was like, yeah, sure, you know? And he's like, like right now? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'd love to. He's like, okay. So he gets up and switches places, scoots the kid over. The kid's just like, you know, like he doesn't know what's about to happen. Because we're just talking. And the guy looks, he looks, he's like, he's got a demon. I was like, oh. You know that meme? You know, 
Oh, okay, 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 okay. And, uh, and he's looking over the kid's head at me and he's like, you know, like, let's go, let's go, yeah, let's go. I was like, okay. So I, I don't know what to do, but I, I, I moved my hand to put it on his back, but I didn't get to him, okay? Because my hand just barely got over the top of the kid and the kid's sitting there and he goes, ah, ah, just like that. It scared the fire out of me, y'all. I'm like, you know, he's, and he starts going, banas, 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 which means hot. What? Dude, you thought I was hair raising back then, dude. Oh my goodness. You know, like your Achilles is like, ah, you know, whatever, like everything. And I'm like, what do I do? And he's going, Banas, he's trying to crawl under the pew. His dad's holding him. He's like, come on, let's do this, you know? <laughs> I'm like, I start, I just start praying whatever I can think, which is mostly gibberish, not speaking in tongues, just, I, yeah, I'm sweating immediately. Uh, help, you know? He's, there's a, it's a ruckus. It's starting to be a ruckus. This kid is not having it. Whatever is on him is not having it. Doesn't want to be even anywhere near me or the father or anything. And it's just going, and the, the whole room is just acting like it's not even there. People are just walking around, talking. The guy's up there, let's line up right here for bed. I'm like, help, you know? This is what happened. I looked at the father and this is, this is, this is the voice of God. I, I, it wasn't me, but literally it was the peace of God that came over me and I just said, let's, let's wait a minute. And his dad goes, what? I go, let's wait a minute. I don't even know where that came from, Troy. It just happened, it came out of my mouth. And he goes, okay. And so then like the, the service went on, hundred people got baptized, it was crazy. It took, you know, an hour, two hours to do all this. You know, it's just, and like the power of God is still there. People are getting delivered, people are getting healed. And like, I finally, I go, I finally get to talk to one of those guys that the other white guys, I'm like, can you help me with this? He's like, you got it, bro. I'm like, no, I, I don't know what I'm doing. He's like, you don't need to know. And I was like, well, but will you stand next to me? He's like, no, dude, just go pray for the kid. So, all right, so I make eye contact with the dad. You know, he's back there. He's waiting, dude, he's been like, you know? I'm like, you ready? And he's like, I'm ready. I'm like, where's the kid? And he's like, he's in the bathroom, you know? So the kid starts coming down the hall, or down the aisle, down the middle, doesn't even see me. It's almost like I'm invisible to him. And I'm walking right up to him. Well, here's his dad comes up right behind him. And right when we get about chest to chest, me and this kid, his dad just whoop, bear hugs him. And I just lay my hand on his head and start praying, bro, everything that we just read happened times four. I'm talking, y'all going nuts. And like, the only thing we know to do, I'm not, I promise you guys, I'm not trying to make light of this. I know it's a little bit funny because it's like, what the heck is going on? But this really happened in front of me. It really happened and my whole body just like quit, you know what I'm saying? Cause the only thing that worked was my spirit. And we, we put this kid on the ground cause I don't know what else to do. He's, he's trying to get through the roof. We put him on the ground and he's picking me up with his leg. He's just lifting his leg off the ground and I'm trying to hold it down and he's picking up a 200 pound dude. He's tiny. 
There's something inside of him that is not natural. It's supernatural and it's not on my side. And it's trying to choke the kid. It's trying to snuff him out. It's trying to scare the fire out of us. And somebody's on his shoulder, somebody's on his shoulder. His mom is holding his head so he won't slam it into the concrete. I'm holding a leg, somebody else is holding a leg and we're just praying. And man, it felt like the longest five minutes of my life, but it was actually an hour we prayed for this kid. People went around, did their stuff. No one even, it's just what's going on. But I'm telling you what, it was, it was heavy. I've never sweat so much. And after an hour, I won't tell you the details. You can ask me if you want to some other time, but I saw things I'll never forget. I saw things that were supernatural and what it was in him and what was trying to take him down came out of him. And when it came out of him, he did just like this story. He went dead. And all I knew was what the voice in my head said, said, pick him up. And I grabbed his shirt and I stood him up and he just, and he was like, it was like his eyes changed colors. You know what I'm saying? And he didn't know what was going on. And he was soaked in sweat too. And his mom and dad loved him, embraced him, cried over him, took him home. They said he slept from that moment to the next morning. They brought him back and he was like, he didn't even know who I was. Never seen me before in my life. Brand new kid, smiling, happy, bouncing off the walls. God set him free. It was powerful, y'all. It was crazy. It was this story. And I didn't even know it at the time, but I went back to my home in Indonesia away from that event and I was kind of like doing what the disciples did. I'm like, what in the world? Why, what do I even do about that? How do I contextualize this? How do I, how do I even understand this experience? Why couldn't I do anything about that? And he was like, this kind only comes out with prayer and fasting. And I thought about that story and I'm not trying to make theology here. Like if you think that, the, that that type of demon comes out with prayer and fasting, great, probably. I have no idea. But what I am looking at is what he said to his disciples when he said, hey man, your heart, your heart needed some work. It was, it was small what your faith was in that moment. And I thought about their experience too, because it was mine. Something started happening and it drew my eyes. It drew everything away. And I no longer thought about how great God is and that he made that kid. All I could think about was like, I hope I can get out of here. And maybe that's what the disciples were feeling too. That this kid's flopping around on the ground and they don't know what to do. It's just kind of like this show that they're all of a sudden sucked into watching instead of taking authority over. And when Jesus shows up and they're like, man, we asked your disciples to do something they couldn't do anything. Guess what? What we don't represent out in the world makes people question whether or not our God is real. Do you hear me? When we live powerless lives, people think we have a powerless God. And they go, if you can do something, I don't know. And they're talking to Jesus. And he's like, if I can do something, what are you talking about? I made that kid. I'll do something right now. But watch this. Do you see the show that's going on? Doesn't bother me. What's going on here? Do you see the, the, the whole acrobatics and everything? I'm not drawn to that. My sensitivity is elsewhere. You know why? Because he lives a prayed and fasted life. Do you hear what I'm saying? Can you see the difference? There's something different about somebody who has real connection with God because they have real authority from God. 
And it's not even about the miracles and all the, the demon stuff and all that. It's about, I mean, the fruit is amazing, but you gotta be the tree first. Do you understand? We gotta look like him and be like him so we can produce things that are him. Man, he gave us tools to do that, but man, if we just leave them in, on the couch, what's going on? That's not what he created us to be and to do. He gave us these things, this prayer and this fasting so that we can employ them to not look more like the world, but to look more like his son. You want that? He asked me to pray and fast. I didn't do it. I wanted to be like Jesus now. Not more than him, but certainly not less and certainly not unlike. But we've been afforded something. We're in a kingdom now. It's different. I want to show you two verses. Can I do this? It's Luke, Luke chapter 6, verse 40. Luke chapter 6, verse 40. Look at this. A student or a disciple is not above the teacher, but everyone, when he or she has been fully trained, will be just like their teacher. 1 John 4. Look at this one. This one's nuts. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. Intimacy, connection, right? And we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us because God is love and the one who remains in love remains in God and God remains in him. Communion, connection, communication, one and one other, right? What he has, I have, and what I have, he has, because we have a relationship. Listen to this. By this, the love of God is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, we can stand before God and go, just like that man right there, Jesus, the son of God, so am I in this world. You ever read this verse before? Do you even know it was in the Bible? That's nuts. I'm not heresy. I'm not trying to be blessed. I'm saying he gave us him. And he's expecting us to look like it. I'm not up here trying to recruit members for an exorcism club, okay? And I'm certainly not up here trying to make deliverance ministry bigger than the deliverer. I'm just trying to show you that God gave you some tools, good tools, to help us get closer, to be more like his son. I really believe prayer and fasting are keys of the kingdom of God. They're inroads to the secret place. Remember Matthew 6, where God rewards you, not the world? going back to 2018, like I got home, I, I decided like I have to do this and I began to do that. I began to live a fasted lifestyle, a prayerful lifestyle. For five months straight, I fasted 24 hours once a week. No, no exceptions. I did it because I knew it was the right thing to do because God had asked me to do it because I, I wanted more. 
Not more like gimme, gimme, but more, I want, I want to be like him. I want to look like him for real. I wrote it in a journal and I tried to find it last night. I tried so hard, but I couldn't find it. But I have a list during those five months of a 17 week streak where somebody got set free in my house once a week for 17 straight weeks. It was crazy. It was powerful. A professor from a university came to my house and got set free from all this demonic crap. It came running out. It was just wild, man. I had to tell my neighbors, I'm so sorry if you heard some of that. It was crazy, y'all. One guy drove to my house five hours because he heard about a guy who knew a guy who had talked to me. Didn't know him from Adam. Drove five hours on a motorcycle because he wanted prayer. And God set him free. One after the other. And I'm not saying that, I'm not trying to glorify myself or the streak or anything like that. I'm trying to say, it's real. It's real. When you become an apple tree, you make apples, y'all. And they taste good. Is there any chance that maybe you would take this with you today? Can I hand it to you? Because I'm not, I'm not famous in it. I'm not a professional. I'm not even great at it, but I've done it and I believe it and I know it's true. Will somebody take this and go, I'm gonna live a prayer filled and fasted life. Because I wanna look like Jesus. Is anybody willing to lay down your rights and your desires so that you can pick up the ones that you, got, you get in the kingdom? I saved a piece of scripture I didn't read to you earlier. It's the rest of Isaiah 58. And I don't have it up on the screen and I don't want you to look at it. I want you to hear it. Is that okay? I wanna, I wanna proclaim this over your life and into your life if you would receive it. In fact, I invite you now, just, just stand up for a second, if that's okay. We're almost done. In fact, I, this is it. This is it, okay? It's already red in the back. Just be, be a person who's willing to respond to God. Not me, not me. I know I made you stand, but I'm asking you to respect the word of God and say, this is what I want. And if it helps you, you can close your eyes and turn on the actual sense that you need. You just need your ears right now. You just need to receive what the word says. This is the promise of God to him or her who would live fasted. And then your light will break out like the dawn and your recovery will speedily spring forth and your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. And then you will call on the Lord and he will answer. You will cry and he will say, here am I. And the Lord will continually guide you. He will satisfy your desire in scorched places and give strength 
to your bones and you will be like a watered garden and like a spring whose waters never fail. And those from among you will rebuild ancient ruined things and you will raise up old foundations and you will be called the repairer of things broken and the restorer of streets in which to dwell. Lord, I release that in Jesus' name for every heart, every mind, every spirit that would, that, would, that would just give their lives to that, that would say, yes, I want that promise to be my promise. I wanna walk out of this room, a changed man or woman. I wanna walk with authority. I wanna have the real thing. When I talk to you in prayer, I wanna have the real connection with you to change my mind, to renew my words, to sanctify me, purify me. I wanna live a fasted life that's free from the entanglements of sin that actually lops off things that would drown me and take me away from your presence. I will be an employer of the tools you've given me and I will do it with the discipline that you give because you, God, give a spirit of obedience and you give a spirit of joy and you give us a spirit of completion to do the things you've called us to do. We thank you for that, Jesus, and we receive it now in your holy name and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if that's you and you're, you're okay with that, you say something. You say amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.